how do you have a sales conversation? And how do you not only have a sales conversation, but how do you do so ethically? If the reason why you are avoiding a sales call is because you are afraid of selling, then that sales page, even selling in the DMs, probably won't work. Giving value and selling is the most valuable thing that you can do for the person who is looking for the result of your work. Welcome to Selling Chocolate, the podcast where I am sharing the tactical steps, mindset shifts, and strategies that will help big-hearted entrepreneurs like you expand your visibility, impact, and income, and create consistent five-figure months doing work you love doing in the way you love doing it. Around here, we call that sustainable success. I'm your host, Carly Jo Bell, cat lady, business coach, product and service-based business owner, and the founder of Whole Co Media. By tuning into this episode today, you are showing your brain that not only is it possible for you to create genuinely sustainable success in your business, it's also a reality that is available to you right now. And now all you need to do is listen and then choose to take the aligned next step toward your version of sustainable success. So let's dive in. A few years ago, a sales coach that I had been following put out an invitation to essentially have a free coaching session with her. And she basically said, you can ask all of your sales questions. I'm just so excited to like give this back to this community. Like it was positioned as a completely free, no strings attached coaching session. And at that point in my business, I constantly felt like I was just winging it on sales calls. And it was really showing in how inconsistently I converted from them. Literally, I just the other day found my old sales call like outline or like script and all my it was a disaster. (laughs) I literally had no idea what I was doing back then. Now I have some clients who join expand and they say, if I get a lead on a sales call, I know how to sell, but it's like getting leads onto calls that I'm struggling with. While I have other clients in expand who say things like, I have absolutely no idea how to sell, or I hate selling, or I don't want to be salesy. And I was definitely more of that person than the person who was like, yeah, get a lead on a call, I can sell. That was not me. Although I really wished that I was at that point. (laughs) I would essentially get people on a sales call and I would just feel like really lucky that I got them there. I didn't know how they got there. And it was just like, it just felt like magic. But then because I didn't even know how they got onto the sales call, it felt like, oh my gosh, I have to make this sale because I don't know how to get people onto sales calls. (laughs) (laughs) And so I put all of this pressure on this one sales call. But the problem then beyond that, beyond not even knowing how I got people onto a sales call, the problem beyond that was that I didn't know how to run a sales call. I had no idea, like, how do I sell? How do I not coach? How do I like actually, you know, help them see that they want this? How do I overcome the objections of like price point or whatever it is, right? And so sales calls made me so anxious. Like literally I was the kind of person who if I had a sales call that day, I could not do anything else, (laughs) which is so funny to think about now. I literally have three sales calls later today as I'm recording this. It just blows my mind sometimes like how much I've grown when it comes to sales calls and just sales conversations in general, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I would not have been able to even record this conversation or like do anything other than have those sales calls in the past because it just made me so anxious. I couldn't process. I couldn't function. I like just couldn't do anything. I was just so stressed about the sales call. And then needless to say, you know, so when I saw this sales coach putting this offer of basically like, come ask me any sales question out, I was like, so excited. I was all in. I jumped on that because I'm like, oh yes, this is what I need. This is finally going to help me figure out how to start being more effective and getting more yeses on my sales calls. And of course, also not feeling so anxious about them. (laughs) So I got on that call with her, this free coaching call as she had positioned it. And the first thing that I asked after saying, you know, thank you so much for doing this was essentially, 
I just feel like I have no idea what I'm doing on sales calls. Do you have any tips? And she paused for a moment and then she said, oh yeah, that's what I help my clients with in this program. And then she went on to tell me about her program in like totally full sales pitch style. I was a little confused, needless to say, (laughs) because clearly she wasn't answering my question and this was a free coaching call and she was just selling me this offer. So, you know, I like to see the best in people, think the best of people. And so I was like, okay, maybe I asked too big of a question. Maybe I should simplify it. You know, I don't want her to like feel like I'm asking her to give her entire proprietary process away for free. Okay, cool. I'm, I'll like simplify my question a little bit. I tried to ask a little bit of a clearer question. I don't remember exactly what I said, but essentially it was something along, along the lines of like, you know, I know that some people have a structure to their sales calls. Are there any specific questions I can ask? Or, you know, I was trying to get really specific with my question because I didn't want her to feel like she had to give me her whole proprietary process or not even like she had to give it to me, but I didn't want her to feel like I was trying to get her whole proprietary process. I was just trying to take her up on her offer to answer any questions that I had about sales. So I asked that question again. She pulled out a piece of paper and I wish that you're like, we're seeing a video with this because she literally pulls out a piece of paper holds it so far away from the screen, like makes an effort to like hold it behind her head. (laughs) She takes this piece of paper, holds it so far away from the camera. And she says, oh yeah, I have a script that I use for sales calls. That was it. Intentional pause there, right? I have a script that I use for sales calls. Mind you, I couldn't read this paper because it was so far away from the camera. And That was the only answer that she gave me for like my question of how to structure a sales call or what are even some questions that I can ask on a sales call. She didn't tell me a single thing about what was on that piece of paper. All she told me was I have a script that I use on sales calls. I realized then that I was not going to get anything of value from this call. I had asked her two questions And the first question, she pitched her entire offer to me. The second question, she shows me a piece of paper, but like only shows me the paper really far away from the camera so that I can't even see what's on the paper. So I politely said, you know, thank you so much. Really great to connect with you. I hope you have a wonderful day. And I jumped off of Zoom. Now, obviously I'm laughing about this story now, but the truth is that if you looked back at messages that I sent some of my business besties after that call, I felt so gross getting off of that Zoom call. Like, oh, like I honestly, it felt so gross. It felt like I had been duped into getting onto a sales call that had been positioned as a free coaching call. And I didn't get a single piece of free coaching on that call. And I honestly, I struggled for the rest of the day to shake that really weird energy of the call because as maybe you've experienced, anytime you come up against someone or something that kind of just feels sleazy to you, it leaves you feeling a little shaken, feeling gross, feeling like you had just been kind of subjected to something that just wasn't good. And that's how I felt when I was leaving that conversation. There is so much yuck in this world of sales and selling, especially here in this online business world. And I've had clients, oh my gosh, tell me horror stories about not being let off of a sales call until they said yes to investing. Or business friends who told me stories about how several of their group coaching calls in a program that they signed up for were completely taken over by pitching the next program without any of the group coaching that was actually promised happening in that session, actually in multiple sessions. And because of all of this yuck that can just feel so prevalent around us when it comes to sales and selling, so many big-hearted entrepreneurs completely fear sales and selling. Because One of the very last things that they ever want to be in the world is a sleazy salesperson. And even if they're not using that language, they just don't want to be out of integrity with who they know themselves to be. And so they get on a sales call or into a sales conversation or anything, anywhere that they are needing to sell, 
(laughs) And instead of selling, they end up giving value. And that's okay, right? Giving value is helpful, but giving value and selling is the most valuable thing that you can do for the person who is looking for the result of your work. This comes in different ways, right? It would be like they're going live and they're just like constantly giving so much value in all of the lives that they're doing. And they're just hoping that someone is going to be like, wow, that was so valuable. How do I work with you? Or they're on a sales call and they're like coaching this person this person's asking all these questions and they're basically just like giving a free coaching session now and they never get to the actual, here's my offer, here's how much it costs, is this something you're interested in? They never get to the sales part and they're just hoping that this giving value is going to make the sale for them. They try to keep everything kind of on this light surface level, they hope that the lead eventually asks, how do I work with you? Or they completely try to avoid sales conversations in DMs or on sales calls or whatever at all costs. And they do this by trying to sell without sales calls. And typically they do that by saying, I'm going to create a sales page. And then the person is just going to click the buy now button and they're going to just buy. And I don't even have to talk to them. I don't even have to sell to them. But if the reason that you are creating that sales page or that you're trying to just, I don't know, maybe sell in the DMs, both of which can work, right? Sales pages, selling in DMs, both of those things can work. But if the reason why you are doing that, the reason why you are avoiding a sales call (laughs) is because you are afraid of selling, then that sales page, even selling in the DMs, probably won't work. Because what you have to do to sell is pretty much the same thing no matter how you do it. And so if you're afraid of selling in one capacity, like on a sales call, then that is going to show in everywhere else that you are showing up in your business and quote unquote selling. And I'm actually going to be completely honest with you and tell you right now That the more sales conversations that you have, particularly sales calls, yes, I know it's not super trendy to like, quote unquote, have to sell with a sales call, but the more of those sales conversations you have, the actually like easier it gets to continue selling. And the more of those sales conversations that you have, the easier it is to then sell in DMs in the future or to sell via a sales page in the future. So all of this brings me to really why we are here. How do you have a sales conversation? And how do you not only have a sales conversation, but how do you do so ethically and easily and without any sleaze? By the way, like I said in episode two of this season, pretty much nothing that I am about to share here with you is proprietary. (laughs) In fact, Everything that I'm going to tell you right now about this foundational formula that you can use when you are in a sales conversation like a sales call is something that you could probably hear with most any coach that you spoke to about how to have a sales conversation. The difference, as always, is that in order to make any surface level strategy work, like this kind of foundational formula that I'm about to give you for a sales conversation, in order to make any of these surface level strategies work, You have to have the foundations in place that empower that strategy to work. There are quite a few foundations that actually make it so much easier for you to sell in a sales conversation. We're going to talk about what those foundations are at the end of this episode. So make sure you stick around for that. So let's look at though, just really clearly, let's do what that sales coach did not do for me. (laughs) And let's talk about what do you actually need to say? How can you actually structure a sales conversation so that it sells? And so you don't end up in that kind of like, I'm constantly coaching the people who end up on this call or anything like that, where you're trying to just like skip over the sales process and like just somehow magically people are going to sign up. How do you actually have a sales conversation? And this is something that I typically apply to my sales calls, the actual, you know, 30 minute call that someone can have with me, but it's something that you can apply to 
maybe a Voxer conversation where a lead is reaching out to you there and you're, you know, having kind of that sales conversation there, or maybe a DM conversation again, where you are connecting one-on-one with a lead and they have expressed interest in what you are offering, what you are selling. And you can kind of use these same foundations. There's, there's nuances depending on whatever platform you're on, but how I'm going to talk about this is in terms of a sales call. Okay. Are we ready? (laughs) This is the foundational formula that you can use to actually make sure that you are selling on your sales calls or in your sales conversation. There's kind of five different parts. So I'll just quickly give you an outline of them and then we'll talk more about what each of them mean. The first part is really setting the container letting people know what expectations are, et cetera. So setting the container. The next part is their current state. The next part is their future state. The next part is why now, basically tapping into that intrinsic motivation. And then the last part is moving into that pitch. And then of course we have the price point, you know, handling objections, et cetera, at the end. But there's really those core five pieces. Let's start first and foremost with just understanding that there are ways to make a sales call sleazy and there are ways to make a sales call feel really good for everyone involved. And so I will try to touch on some of those ways to make that sales call feel really good. As we're going through this, just also know that I am not doing this as like a really full training like you would get inside of Expand. And so we're going to cover each of these things, but we aren't going to go super in depth with every single question that you could ask or variations of things you could ask or anything like that, like we do inside of Expand. The very first thing, right, when you end up on a Zoom or whatever kind of sales call that you're having, you're going to have some small talk. (laughs) And actually, this small talk is where I see some people make some mistakes when they're running their sales calls because they let this small talk go on forever. (laughs) And they're trying to just like have lots of small talk. So that way they like, I don't even know, are they trying to help this person like them? Or I don't even know. So yes, have small talk. Hey, so-and-so, how are you? You know, quick small talk, but try to cap it at around two minutes. And then this is where you are going to get your first piece of consent. And consent is one of these kind of core foundations that is going to make this sales call or any sales conversation really feel good for everyone involved. It also helps you just know that I am giving them something here that they actually want because they have said that they want this. So where you're getting that first piece of consent is after that couple of minutes of small talk, you're basically going to ask them, are you ready to get started? Or are you ready to dive in? Or however it feels natural for you to say it, but just asking them essentially, are you ready to do this? (laughs) And when they say yes, then you move forward. And that's when you enter into these kind of five core pieces of a sales conversation. So our first core piece is that setting the container. And what do I mean by that? Why is that important, et cetera? Setting the container is where you're essentially showing them this is what you can expect in this call. And what that does is it just gets everything out there. It makes it so that there is no surprise when you come to, now I'm going to sell to you because they already knew that that was something that they were getting into. You can set the container by essentially outlining for them what they can expect on this call. So I might say something about, you know, I want to really understand what motivated you to book this call, why you're here, and then I'm going to share with you some things that you might be able to do to get the result that you're looking for. And if we're a fit, I'll share what it might look like for us to work together. How does that sound? And again, notice I'm ending with another opportunity for them to give consent. I'm saying, how does that sound? Or does it sound good to you? Or whatever it is. And they are going to agree that, okay, that sounds great. Yep, that sounds great. And when they've said that, you now have your second piece of consent. They now understand what they're getting into. And they also, kind of a little psychological thing here, is that they have now said yes to you twice. And what that does is it makes it even easier for them to say yes to you in the future as well. So there's a couple different pieces to that, right? So why do we start with setting this container besides the like, 
I'm getting consent. It's really so that we can level the playing field. That's a term that one of my mentors uses is this concept of leveling the playing field is that when we are in any kind of like connection, conversation, anything with another human being, we want to be coming to that conversation from a place where we know that both of us or all of us, depending on how many people are in that conversation, that all of us are equal. All of us are on the same playing field, that I don't have more power, you don't have more power, I'm not better than you, you're not better than me, etc. We're coming from this perspective that we are on a level playing field here. And naturally, there are going to be some power dynamics just for the very fact of you are the one who has the thing that they want. So we do want to honor that. That's a whole other conversation. But by essentially saying, here is how this call is going. Does that sound good to you? Are you okay with that? How does that sound? Like by giving them that outline and giving them that ability to really fully understand what they've gotten themselves into, it just does so much for leveling that playing field and helping everyone feel like they're on the same page and like we all are in this together rather than you're like in this powerful position where you are going to try to manipulate them into a sale or something. We don't want that, okay? So that's our first piece. We have that setting the container. Then we move into the current state. And this is where you essentially want them to get clear on where they currently are. Of course, this is helping you as well. And throughout this entire sales conversation, your biggest job is literally to listen to what they are saying so that you can reflect those things back to them. So in this current state section, you essentially want to start by, you know, tell me what's going on or tell me why you booked this call or tell me what's going on in your business or in your life or whatever that kind of context is that matters to the work that you do. And you just start there and you give them this opportunity to start sharing with you. Now, of course, just remember here that you actually are the one who is guiding this conversation. And I know I've personally been in sales calls before. I know some of my clients have been in sales calls before where we are the one leading the sales call and the person who is on the call with us just starts really like telling us everything, right? And really like going deep into all of the things. And when you have only 30 minutes or 45 minutes, however long your sales calls are, you want to make sure that you manage the container because otherwise it's just so easy for some people to kind of go into just giving you all of these details that actually aren't necessary or relevant to why they are there. And so if that does happen, you can just bring them back in really gently by just, you know, honoring what they're saying, kind of reflecting that back to them. And then from there, pointing them in a new direction, pointing them in to the direction of a new question or anything like that. And if it becomes a pattern, there's so many other things they could say on that. So we're not going to do that actually. (laughs) But basically you are starting this out by setting the container and now you're going into current state. Basically, why are you here? right? What motivated you to book this call? What motivated you to reach out, etc.? And what you're doing now is you're going to hear what they're saying. You're going to listen for what they are both saying and not saying. And then you're going to reflect that back to them and really help them fully paint the picture of what they are currently experiencing. And that's where you can, you know, you're saying, hey, I hear that you're saying this, what does that like look like in your day-to-day? I hear that you are facing this obstacle. How does that feel? You're really wanting to help them kind of root in to what their current state is. And this is helpful for you as well in market research ways, <laughs> but also in terms of you are really discovering here where they're at. If you're familiar with the transformational journey I always talk about, this actually can help you understand which phase of the transformational journey they're in. So you're just wanting to ask a few questions here to help them really understand for themselves where they are at. And from that, it's also giving you the ability to understand where they're at and to understand, are they actually the right person for this offer to begin with, right? Then you move into the third part of a sales conversation. And this is where you are now going to go from where you are at to where do you want to be, the future state. So you've already set the container, you've already kind of gone through that current state, now we are going into the future state. And this transition can happen really easily, right? It's gonna, of course, take some practice, 
you actually going through these questions, actually running a sales call or having a sales conversation for this to feel totally natural. But what I often find is a really easy transition from that current state into future state is to literally say, I hear you saying this is happening. Now I'd love to know what is it that you actually want? So see, we're taking, we're reflecting back what they've already said is currently happening from their current state. And now we're moving them. We are kind of managing and leading this conversation. We're now moving them into the future state of what do you actually want? And this is where, again, you are helping them paint the picture of what it is that they are wanting to experience. The current state was all about painting the picture of what they were currently experiencing and really helping them fully understand that for themselves. Now the future state is helping them really paint that picture, fully get into the feelings of what that future state will look like and how it's going to feel and what they'll be experiencing there. So you start by that general question of what do you actually want? And then you can, again, pick out those things that you're seeing are really important to them or, you know, really big for them and just dig deeper into that. Okay. Hey, I heard that you said that you're really wanting this. Why do you want that? What's that going to do for you? How is that going to change things for you? Again, really helping them paint the picture. And this kind of brings up something that we're actually going to talk about a little bit later, but Literally the whole purpose of being on a sales call <laughs> is to help someone figure out what their next best step is. And so by doing this of helping them fully understand their current state and then fully understand and like get into the feelings of their future state, you are helping them understand everything that's on the table for them and that is helping them make a decision for themselves. Our fourth component of a sales conversation is essentially the why now piece. And this is super important in any conversation that you're selling in, but it's especially important when you are selling something that someone could theoretically sign up for at any point. Like if you're selling a coaching offer like Expand, for example, you can join Expand at any point. So we want to really help our person, our lead that is on this sales call with us understand why do they want to get this result or to start working toward this result right now. And what that does is it instills a new layer of intrinsic motivation into their experience. There's two types of motivation, right? Extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. I feel like my dad right now, because he always used to tell me about these things. He was my volleyball coach in high school. (laughs) So Extrinsic motivation is when someone outside of you is motivating you or someone or something is motivating you. That would be like, just to throw it back to volleyball days, (laughs) that would be like when it's like, if you don't do this, then you're going to need to do push-ups. I don't even know. If you don't make your serve, you're going to have to do three push-ups. That is extrinsic motivation. In business, that might look like if you sign up right now, you get a discount. Extrinsic motivation. An extrinsic motivation, when used well, when used appropriately, uh, when used ethically, can actually be helpful. It can be a good thing, but we don't want to rely on extrinsic motivation because that typically is where we kind of end up with people experiencing a little bit of buyer's remorse because they didn't fully connect in with why they wanted this thing now. So that's why we have this piece of the sales call where we are going to tap into that intrinsic motivation. In volleyball, that would look like I want to make this serve because I know that it's going to help my team and it's going to feel really good for me to make this serve, right? Or if I make this serve, I'm going to, like, maybe we'll be able to get this point and maybe we'll be able to win. There's this intrinsic motivation of I want this thing, so I'm going to do this thing. (laughs) In business, And in this sales call in particular, this is where you're coming in and you're helping them really see, okay, you have said that you are currently here. You have said that you want this reality, this future reality. So why now? Why is this important to you right now? And maybe even the question of, okay, so I've heard that you want this thing in the future. I've heard that you're currently experiencing this other thing. Do you actually want to change this right now? And I know sometimes, at least for me, when I started asking questions like that on sales calls, I kind of felt weird about it. I was like, well, of course they want to change it right now. Isn't that an obvious question? (laughs) But what I will say is that even if it's an obvious question, even if the person is like, well, yeah, obviously, 
then even that moment is helping them tap into their own intrinsic motivation. And when they tap into that, again, this is what puts them into the place where it's now easier for them to determine what is my next step? What next step do I actually want to take? And if the purpose of a sales call is to help this person figure out what their next step is, then tapping into the intrinsic motivation is serving them. Another way you could kind of approach this is from the kind of concept of, so I've heard you say that you want this and that you're currently experiencing this. What kind of support do you think that you need in order to get that result? Or what do you see would be the most helpful for you? So that can be a really like another way to kind of start tapping into that. And at the same time, you can use that question to then transition into our last piece here of a sales conversation. So the next piece, the final piece here of a sales conversation is the pitch. And we want to remember that your job throughout this whole sales call, besides like helping someone figure out what their next step is, your job is to be listening to everything that they are both saying and not saying and asking questions about the things that they are not saying so that you can hear even more of what they're truly saying. (laughs) It's really fun. If you love people watching or like, you know, thinking about why people do things or psychology or anything like that, sales conversations can actually be really, really fun. Let me just tell you. (laughs) With that, now that you've been listening to what it is that they've been saying, you've gotten clarity on those pieces of what they're looking for, why now, all of that, then you're going to now pitch your offer to them and you're going to be reflecting back all of the things that they said in this pitch. So you're going to have kind of a standard pitch of, you're going to start with, if you've uh, taken Marketing Magnified or you've been an expand, something that we call a quick pitch, which is just a very quick way for you to talk about what your offer is, why it matters, why they care about it. It's like literally one sentence long. Then you're going to go into a high-level overview of your offer, a really kind of bullet point almost of, you know, we will do that by and kind of like quickly covering a couple of key things in how that offer actually works. And then you want to really take some time to paint the picture of what they're going to get in this offer and what that is going to do in their world, what that's actually going to do for them. And really, when I say paint the picture here, I mean, literally taking like this kind of high level, you're going to learn how to sell, for example, right? And turn that into, you're going to learn how to sell so that you can and paint the picture, show them what that means for their current day-to-day life. And when you do that, and you're also weaving in those things that you heard them say about that topic. When you do that, you're really helping them both see and hear and feel the experience of what it's going to be like for them in this program and on the other side of this program, once they, or program offer, whatever it is, once they've actually invested and they've gone through, et cetera. And what I find that a lot of entrepreneurs, particularly all my big hearted entrepreneurs out there, (laughs) what I find is that a lot of people like to rush through the pitch. They think, oh, I'm just going to like quickly tell them what the offer is, give them a high level, and I'm just going to then quickly tell them the price and hope that they say yes. (laughs) But what we've now done in this whole sales conversation is we have helped them paint the picture. We've helped them paint the picture of where they currently are, of what they want in the future, of why right now is important. And we want to continue that by helping them truly start to feel and see and experience being in our program or working with us or whatever, signing up for the offer. We want to help them experience that because that again serves them in helping them know if this is the next step for them. So what that means practically is that you want to give your pitch time. (laughs) If you are having a 30-minute sales call, then you want the first four steps to probably take up those first 20 minutes maximum. And then you want 10 minutes where you can pitch, where you can tell them the price point, where you can answer their questions, where you can maybe even ask them a couple additional questions to help them kind of move through some of their objections. We can talk about that in another moment. You want to give a good amount of time to your pitch and to the actual selling process. 
Remember, you are on this call to be able to sell. This person is on this call or in this sales conversation with you because they are interested in what you are selling. And therefore, the best way to serve them is to literally sell to them. So make sure you carve out enough time to really be able to give your full pitch, to really be able to paint this picture for them of what it's going to be like in your program or with your offer or on the other side of this work. And then from there, you go into price point and you leave some space for additional conversation. So after you've pitched very practically, you're going to get another piece of consent. And how you're going to do that is you're going to ask them, how does this sound? Or does this sound like what you're looking for? Any sort of question like that. And that's where they're going to be able to really reflect on for themselves whether or not that actually is something that they're looking for, whether that sounds like something that is going to help them go from where they are to where they want to be. And after that question, after their response to that question, then that's when you go into the price point. You say, great, the investment is $28,000 or, you know, whatever, whatever the number is for you. And then after that, you say that price point, you let them respond to that price point. We can talk more strategy about all of that in another moment. We talk about that inside of Expand, and then you work through their objections. As I said, that was a kind of quick overview of what's actually included. It actually wasn't so quick, was it? (laughs) But that was an overview of how you can actually run a sales call. I hope that that was more helpful for you than my conversation with that sales coach was a few years ago. So I want to talk about a couple of different things. One is I know that whenever I share a foundational formula for a sales call with clients inside of Expand, that a lot of people, their first thought is like this following a structure thing feels really unnatural. So I want to talk about that. And then I told you at the beginning, we would talk about some of those really key foundations that actually make your sales calls able to be successful that make it so that you actually can get a yes on a sales call beyond just using this formula. And then I also want to have that conversation about coaching on sales calls because that is such a common thing. So first and foremost, I know that sometimes when you're following a formula or a script or even like a kind of structure to a call or to anything that you're doing, it can feel really unnatural. And particularly for big-hearted entrepreneurs, anything that feels unnatural is like really uncomfortable because we love being authentic. (laughs) We don't like forcing things. We don't like trying to like fit ourselves into some sort of box or something, right? And so let me just start by saying that there's a reason I call this a foundational formula. (laughs) And that is because it's a foundation but you get to build on top of it. So here's how I'd recommend you approach this. On your next sales call or in your next sales conversation, try using this formula. I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably going to feel a little uncomfortable. It's probably going to feel a little like jolted, right? Or like have moments where you're like, oh, that wasn't the most seamless transition. That is okay. I can tell you from experience that you can still make a sale on that call, even if it didn't feel totally natural. It's okay, okay? (laughs) But also with that, I want you to try this out for a couple of sales calls. And in that process of trying it out, that's where you're going to better learn what feels natural to me. What feels good for me? How do I like to transition from, say, current state into future state, right? How do I like to do this? But it's by having this foundational formula underneath you as you are now adapting it to you that it's going to make everything that you're doing way more successful, way more effective. This is pretty much how we do everything inside of Expand and inside of Marketing Magnified even is we start with these foundational formulas and then that's where you get to build you on top of those formulas. That way you know what you're doing is actually like equipping you for success and it's allowing you space to really build it into something that feels more like your own. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that there are foundations that make sales calls actually able to be successful, right? As with anything, but particularly with sales and selling, there are some external or some strategic foundations as well as some kind of internal or mindset foundations. 
And the more of these foundations that you have really solidly in place, the easier it will be to consistently hear yes on sales calls or in your sales conversations. The first foundation is just very simply knowing who is and isn't your purchase ready ideal customer. And then being able to both weed them out prior to the sales conversation, right? Being able to weed out the people who aren't actually your purchase ready ideal customer before the sales conversation, but then also in the sales conversation, knowing how to identify who that purchase ready person is. So that way you only work with clients who are really truly positioned to thrive while working with you. How to do that would be an entirely different conversation, but that is definitely one of those core foundations that's going to make your sales calls so much easier, convert so much more successfully, and actually convert those people who are equipped to truly get the results of the work that you do. The second kind of more external or strategic foundation is that easy yes offer, which essentially means that you are selling an offer on the sales call that is going to be an easy yes for this person, for the true purchase ready version of your ideal customer. And that really includes everything from how the offer is actually structured to its price point to how much you want to sell and deliver this offer. And if that's something that you're like, oh, I don't know if I have that, go back and listen to season two because the entire season is about creating easy yes offers. The third more external and kind of strategic foundation that makes your sales calls actually able to be successful is your ability to strategically speak about your offer so that it naturally is positioned as that logical next step for your client. This is messaging. This is positioning. This is that ability to like put into words the real power of your offer, why it matters to your client, being able to actually sell the aspects of your offer that matter to your client versus like focusing on all of what we call the broccoli around here, the stuff that they aren't actually thinking that they need right now. So that messaging, that positioning, those foundations are so, so, so valuable because it's hard to sell something if you don't know how to talk about it. Now from a more internal or like mindset perspective, there's a few foundations here that are going to make it so much easier for your sales calls to actually convert. And the first one is your ability to hold your leads loosely. So often we get onto sales calls or into sales conversations thinking, I have to make this sale. I think that's what I was sharing with you about my own sales calls uh, in the past is that I would always get onto them because I didn't know how this person ended up on the call. And so I would feel like, well, I have to make this sale because I don't know when I'm going to get another discovery call booked. And this often points to an underlying scarcity mindset. It might also, like for me, it was definitely pointing to the fact that I didn't have some foundations in place in my business that would have made it easy (laughs) to make sales and to get more discovery calls more consistently. But it really also points to this underlying scarcity mindset, where often we think that there aren't more people in the world who are looking for what we are selling. Or we think that there are more people in our world who are looking for what we're selling. And this leads us to really kind of a bunch of not very great behaviors. (laughs) It leads us to shortchanging ourselves by underpricing our services. It leads us to offering to over-deliver in an effort to try to just get that new client. It leads us to putting a lot of pressure on this person to say yes and on ourselves to make that person say yes. And all of this inhibits your ability to sell. It really doesn't help. So instead, we want you to be able to enter your sales conversations by holding this person loosely, by knowing that this person is not the end-all be-all in like the potential client world that you have. It's literally just one person. And how do we do that, right? We know that there are more people in your world who are ready to buy. And how do we know that? Well, go back and listen to season four, episode one, anytime you need a reminder. (laughs) But also we literally do that by continuing to sell our services, by continuing to generate leads and really continuing to focus on getting more leads, getting more people onto sales calls, into sales conversations. And of course, having some of those strategic foundations that I was mentioning before definitely make that easier. 
The second more internal and kind of like mindset foundation that makes a sales call actually convert is being confident in your offer as it stands and not constantly trying to switch it up so that, oh, maybe it'll sell. Maybe I'll be able to completely adapt this to what this person wants and then it's going to sell, right? And this goes back to what I was saying in that previous episode about how you don't want to constantly be creating custom solutions for your people, right? You want to be in a place where you have a proprietary process, you've packaged that process into an offer, and you know that your offer as it is, is exactly what your true person needs. That inner confidence of, no, this is what you need. (laughs) That is what's going to make it so much easier for you to sell and so much easier for the lead on this call with you to say yes. And really the most important internal foundation and maybe even the most important foundation of all of them is knowing that sales is service. I literally go into every sales conversation with the mentality that I am there to help this person figure out what their best next step is while simultaneously knowing exactly who I can best support in my offers which means both of those things together, that if I don't feel that this person is best situated to get the best results from my offers, I'm not going to invite them to work with me. And on the other side, it means that if I do feel that this person is best situated to get the best results from my offers, I will confidently and enthusiastically invite them to work with me because I know the results that they can get with the help of this work. And I know that inviting this person into this offer is actually how I can best serve them. I know that sales is service. All of these foundations that I just give you, both these kind of external and strategic foundations and these internal more mindset foundations are all things that I help you build inside of my Expand Business Coaching programs so that you can create your first or next five-figure cash month with ease. So if you are interested in creating that first 10K month, maybe creating consistent five-figure months, maybe even creating consistent 30 or $50,000 months, if that is you and if that's something you're interested in and you're ready to start developing these foundations so that you can actually create true sustainable success in your business, then head over to expandaccelerator.com. That's E-X-P-A-N-D-A-C-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com, expandaccelerator.com. And that's where you're able to apply to work with me. Now, the last thing that I want to make sure we discuss in this conversation on sales conversations (laughs) is a question that I often get asked by clients or by other big hearted entrepreneurs in my world. And that is how do you not coach on your sales calls? Now, I was the person, by the way, just in total transparency here, who constantly coached on my sales calls, right? Like I was saying earlier, I coached because I thought, if I just give enough value, maybe that'll do the selling for me. (laughs) I was so afraid of selling that I would just serve, 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 hoping that eventually that person would just be like, wow, Carly's so amazing. I want to work with her. (laughs) What I didn't realize then was that selling actually is serving. I have an entire episode on that in season three. So go back and listen to that episode too. But if you're finding yourself often coaching on your sales calls, then I would start by first asking yourself why, right? Why are you coaching on your sales calls? What are you using this behavior to essentially hide from or to cover up or to avoid? Maybe you're hiding from feeling really sleazy every time you sell, or maybe you're covering up a belief that your work isn't actually good enough and that you have to prove yourself to this lead. Or maybe you are avoiding asking for the sale because that feels really vulnerable and like you're placing all of the power for your well-being or for your value into this other person's hands. We can only stop coaching in sales conversations or stop trying to rely on all of this value, 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 no sale when we know why we are doing that in the first place. And then we can heal that fear or that belief or whatever that is at its root so that we don't keep creating this behavior that is really not helping us or helping the person that we're on this sales conversation with. I remember I had a sales call a few months ago where the person who was on this call with me was kind of accidentally getting into this place where they were asking for a lot of coaching. Now in the past, I would have coached. I would have like gone full force into that with them. 
But this time I remember kind of like rising above my body and like watching myself interact with this person on this sales call. And I expertly navigated this conversation and I was able to talk about how I would coach on that particular topic rather than actually coach this person right in that moment. And then I used that to segue essentially into now I'm going to pitch my offer as the solution you're looking for. So that way I can coach you in this way. And that was a sign to me that I had really healed some of my underlying fears, some of those beliefs, some of those insecurities around sales and selling. And even now to this day, often I kind of use that as an example to remind myself of who I want to be and how I want to show up in sales conversations and reminding myself that selling is how I best serve my people. It takes time to figure out exactly how to hold a sales call because it takes time to learn how to sell in general. The ability to sell successfully, easily, and without any sleaze is not something that the vast majority of people are born with. And yet it's also an art and a skill that anyone can master if they want to master it. I'm literally an example. I started this episode by telling you that I never knew what to do on sales calls and that the way that I used to run sales calls was honestly a complete and utter mess and that I went to a sales coach to try and learn how to sell, though, as you know, that didn't work. (laughs) And then through getting my own coaching and through my own practice, I've developed that foundational skill set that now empowers me to sell easily and without any sleaze. I know from personal experience and from coaching my clients inside of Expand that sales conversations and selling in general can feel really intimidating for a lot of big-hearted entrepreneurs. Many times because it feels like selling goes completely against everything that you want to be true for yourself and be true about the kind of person that you want to be. But I'm living proof that there is a different way to sell and that you can sell in a way that serves your people, in a way that feels really good for every single person involved. And you can get started with that by following that foundational formula for a sales call that I've given you in this episode, as well as beginning to establish some of those foundations that we spoke about that actually empower a sales conversation to be successful at moving a lead into becoming a client.